Hello and welcome to the Midweeks with Pastor Rob. We're in Romans chapter 10. This is a great accomplishment. We've made it through the first chapter. We're looking at Romans 9, 10, and 11, which uh, in some ways are the most controversial chapters of Scripture. Romans 9 is definitely one of the more debated, uh, controversial chapters in all of Scripture. And we're going to go through this uh, section by section, just looking at it. And I'm giving you my ideas and understanding of how this passage works. What I've been saying is that Paul has three great aims in this passage. The first is to defend the Word of God from the accusation that God's Word has failed, um, because if God's Word failed in its promises to Israel, then it will probably fail in its promises to Gentiles and Jews together formed as one new people, as Christians. If God failed in the Old Testament, why wouldn't God fail in the New Testament? And Paul is adamant to prove that God's word has not failed for anyone. So that's the first big idea. The second big idea is to explain what is going on with the first century Israelite people, Jewish people, who are not coming to Jesus as a group. There are people who are coming, individuals, small groups, but as a people group, they are not coming to the Messiah. What's up with that? So Paul wants to give a dual theological understanding of it. And on the one hand, he's going to say that there's a partial hardening that's come upon Israel while the Gentiles are coming in, 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 in heaps. And he's going to say that the Jewish people have sought their own righteousness apart from the righteousness of Christ that comes by faith. That's going to be the dual answer. And then he's also promoting that God is un. Not, I can't even get the word out. Indescribably amazing, un, uh, incomparably awesome, just unimaginably wonderful. There we go. There's my words for you. And that um, in all of this, people need to surrender to God's wisdom and need to surrender to God's capability and to surrender because you can't fight against his plan. He's doing it, but it is wonderful and marvelous. And so that's how he ends this section is this uh, praise time where he's just saying like all things are from God through him back to him, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So this is what he's doing. He's exalting God over this situation, over the Gentiles coming in on mass, over the Jewish people not coming in on mass and exalting God as the one who does truly fulfill his word and wants to bring understanding so that we don't wrongly despair or wrongly criticize or misunderstand God, but worship him truly. So that's the big idea for these section, these chapters. And so the next section we're in, we're going to be looking at is chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Paul has just been talking about how um, Israel is in unbelief right now. He said previously that what God is working on in the world is to create a group of people, the vessels of mercy, who are going to behold his glory over against the vessels of wrath, who are going to see the holiness and justice of God um, displayed against them in destruction. Um, and so he's, and he comes to say that God has said that he's going to create this, this group of people, the vessels of mercy, out of both Jew and Gentile together, and that the Jew, the Gentile people are becoming these vessels of mercy by faith and not by a righteousness of the law. And so he's going to kind of retool his his argument here. And you can tell he's doing this because he's about to say brothers and he's going to repeat himself on this a little bit. And then 
start a different section of his explanation argument. So here's Romans 10, verses 1 through 4. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, that's the Jewish people, the Israelite people, is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. When we hear Paul say in verse 1, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that may, they may be saved. This, this is reintroducing, bringing back Paul's first lament from the beginning of chapter 9, where he says, I'm speaking the truth in Christ, that I have great sorrow and unseeking anguish in my heart, because I wish that I could be accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers. So he's saying, like, this is how much I want them to be saved. I would even be willing to go as a sacrifice myself before the Lord and say, God, take me so that they may be saved. And so he's bringing this back again. He's, he's not letting anybody accuse him of hating anybody. He's not letting anybody accuse him of being bitter or vengeful or wanting to get back at anybody or using theological truth as a weapon. He's saying, my heart, desire, and prayer is that these people be saved. He wants his brothers and sisters, according to the flesh, to be rescued. There's no anti-Semitism in here. He really cares about them and he prays for them and he labors for them in the Lord that they may be saved. And then he says explicitly one of the things he sees valuable in them. He says, um, I bear them witness, they have a zeal for God. It's not like they're lazy. It's not like they're pagan. It's not like they're um, shunning God. They do have a zeal for God. And this often gets expressed in like their commitment to their lifestyle and sometimes in their hostility against Paul as he preaches the gospel. He says they do have a zeal for God, but he says it's not according to knowledge. And he's going to explain a little bit more what that means. But for us, this is a really big deal. Because we need to hear, look, you can be zealous for God. You can be sincere. You can be passionate. But if you don't know the truth, it's wasted. There is a kind of a knowledge, a kind of knowing the truth, a kind of having your facts straight that really counts. And this kind of goes countercultural to us where we can say, you know what, they're, they're really passionate and they really go for it. So maybe there's something valuable in there. Um, maybe that they'll be saved just because they don't believe the right things and they kind of deny some central things about the, the faith. And, he's, and Paul's saying it actually doesn't work like that. You can be zealous for God, but if you don't um, believe certain facts, there's a big problem. If your zeal is not according to knowledge, if it's not springing out from the facts of the gospel about what God has done, about who Jesus is, um, it, it doesn't really count. And in history, it proves to be unbearably destructive, self-destructive and destructive to others. So what is this not according to knowledge that Paul says um, empties out and guts their zeal so that their zeal doesn't really count, doesn't accomplish what they want it to. He says, for being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. So now Paul's talking about righteousness, being right with God. How do you be right with God? As sinners, how do we be right with God? As people, how do we be included in this group of people who belong to God, who God is at peace with, who he identifies with, who he is rescuing? 
He says their zeal is strong, but they don't understand something. And what they don't understand is the true source of right, right relationship with God, the true source of justification before God, the true source of how you stand righteous before the holy God of the universe. He says they don't, they don't understand it. They don't get it. They're ignorant of it. And instead, they're trying to establish their own. And this is kind of the human predicament. Are we trying to establish our own righteousness or by faith and knowledge, are we um, experiencing, standing in the true righteousness that comes from God? And so he says, because they were trying to seek their own righteousness at the end of verse, he said they did not submit to God's righteousness. And I think this is an amazing word that God would say, that, that the Spirit of God speaking through Paul would say, submit. Okay. They didn't submit to God's righteousness. So there's something about what God wants to do and how he's working that you have to surrender to God. You have to bow down to God in order to get into right relationship with him. And it's because it it is a gift through Christ. It comes through faith in Christ. You can't create your own righteousness. So the only way to be right with God is to receive it, is to surrender to it, is to acknowledge you can't do it, but that it comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And so Paul says this next. He says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So this is the big picture. A group of people were trying to um, create their own righteousness, to establish their own righteousness by works of the law. And this was being done in the context of God trying to graciously gift righteousness to people through faith, through submission to Jesus Christ. This is the scenario. And so Paul's saying, look, I, I care about these people. I love them. I pray for them. I work for them. I labor for them. And I want them to have the righteousness that comes through Christ. But right now, this zealous people are zealous just to try to establish their own righteousness over against what the gift that God wants to give them. So what's going on in the big picture here? Paul is explaining in the human history why the Jewish people en masse in the first century, we're not coming to Christ. There were people who came. Paul is a Jew. Paul has co-workers who are Jewish. Usually when Paul would go to a synagogue, some people would believe, and but lots of people wouldn't. So there is a remnant of Jewish and Israelite people who are coming to faith. But en masse, they're not. And Paul is saying this is the big problem in human history. We have a group of people that their zeal for God is being expressed in trying to set up their own righteousness instead of surrendering to the righteousness of God that comes through Jesus because Jesus Christ is the goal of the law. He's the completion of the law for righteousness, for accomplishing righteousness to everyone who believes. Everyone who believes in Jesus, they have fulfilled the righteous goal and point of the law of Moses by believing in Jesus. And this, this is a submission. It's not a pride thing. You can't establish it. You can only receive it as we humble ourselves before God. So we're working through God's mind. We're working to understand what God wants us to understand in Scripture. And the big takeaway for us, it should be this renewed gratitude and holy surrender and peace-bringing surrender where we say, look, I'm looking to Jesus for my righteousness. And he is the point. Human beings have a right relationship with God by looking to Jesus by submitting to what God has done for us in Christ. And this is what God wants. And everything else, no matter how zealous we might be, it, it's not based on knowledge. It's a misunderstanding, and it doesn't 
accomplish what we want. If you want to be right with God, put your trust in Jesus. Surrender to what God has done. Put your trust in Jesus and God declares us righteous. This is a wonderful truth and may each one of us embrace and enjoy these truths as we work through them. Have a great week. Thank you.